Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Gary Arthur. He is an amazing doctor of chiropractic and naturopathic medicine, certified in neuro-emotional technique, I refer to NET as NET, and naturopathic medicine, uh, sorry, and applied kinesiology. And he has been instrumental in my personal healing and some of my family members, and we'll get into that shortly. Yes, it's so good to be here, and it's just uh, an awesome honor to be able to be a doctor and spread some good news. Wonderful. We are so blessed to have you, and I'd love to start off with, we could tell a little bit about your background, why you decided to study um, and take the path that you have. Yes. Well, I, I know that as a nine-year-old boy, I was deeply affected by my father's um, passing, he was only 39 years old and he had suffered from many health conditions. And um, I think I realized that health is not just a given um, and that sometimes, um, you know, it's really up to us in terms of what we do about our health and the outcomes that we have. And I remember at 10, I was in a, a church service and I dedicated my life to helping others to the glory of God. And then as fate would have it, when I was 21, I was in a real bad car accident. I got hit behind from behind and I had a severe whiplash. And then within six months from that, I suffered the effects of mercury poisoning from some inappropriate dental work. And I lost most of my hair, my skin turned gray and bags underneath my eyes at 21. I'm looking uh, really old and unhealthy. And those things really shifted my life um, in a direction where I had to start seeking answers and had to find ways to, to heal. And so in that process, that's where I discovered um, my interest in naturopathic medicine. And I found a chiropractic doctor that helped me fix my structural components and fix my um, my distortions that had happened, you know, years earlier, uh, while I was being a naturopath and a nutritional consultant or studying naturopathic medicine, a chiropractor is the one who really opened the gates for me to understand what I needed to do. And also let me know that in, in the eighties, it wasn't legal to be a naturopathic doctor in California. So, but I could do everything a naturopath could do as a chiropractic doctor. So I chose that degree first and then later on finished up my naturopathic degree. That is so beautiful. And what I love, I have a saying um, that God gives us um, the, the feathers and they float right by. And then we get the golf ball. We're like, uh, and then we're given the brick. And a lot of bricks are either some type of disease, disease in the body, um, car accidents, big wake up calls. And so you, and unfortunately, a lot of us don't listen to the messages. So we do have to go for the wake up call, but then we're led on our journey to heal. 
And so I'm sure that you have a lot. Of, well, everybody comes to you as they're mostly probably there to heal physically. And I always love to take it the step further. And well, what is the spiritual meaning of the accident or the body part? And how do we help them on that? The, the you know, next level, which is amazing when um, you discuss connecting, working on the nervous system with the emotional well-being. And if you could share with our friends watching and listening, the four system approach that you talk about with the structural, chemical, emotional, and energetic bodies. Sure. Well, simply, our bodies are so amazing. You think about the fact that one cell from mom and one cell from dad, they come together. And in the in that moment, there's an innate intelligence, a design for a masterpiece. And it takes nine months for that masterpiece to develop and actually be presented to the world. A healthy body, for example, uh, makes two and a half million red blood cells every second, 250,000 white blood cells every second. There's over 657 known functions of the liver. All those things are being done all the time and our body's designed to heal itself by our maker. And in the process of that, um, you know, you think about you cut yourself, a scab forms, and then the scab finally falls off and the body's designed to heal itself. But if there's interference, that interference could be termed as a stress. Stress can be structural, it can be chemical stress, it can be emotional stress, it can even be energetic stress. The four systems of the body, the structure is the bones, the muscles, the spinal cord, um, the tendons, uh, even the organs. The, the chemical part is our physiology, our organ systems, um, the uh, nutritional pathways, our enzyme pathways, minerals, all that chemical stuff, which is where, you know, well, there's all kinds of symptoms. I'll get into that in a second. But then the emotional part is all of those emotions from good positive emotions to really challenging emotions like deaths, like divorces, like uh, breakups, like bankruptcies, like, you know, horrible tra uh, traumas and diseases. And then the energetic has to do with the flow of electrical energy through the systems, much like the Chinese doctors are so well versed in. But if there's interference in any of those systems, then it can interfere with the body's ability to heal itself. So our job as um, a four system healing type of approach to being a doctor is to find out where is that stress? Where's the interference? What's keeping the body from doing what it normally would do to keep us healthy? And then finding that interference and then through lifestyle modifications and through interventions in a doctor's office that knows how to approach these things and knows how to refer to the different practitioners that may be more well versed in those systems than they are, then, um, then you can start to decrease that interference so the body can go ahead and start to kick in to healing itself again. That's beautiful. And I know with me personally, like having my hip issue and every time I put my, well, we didn't get into the NET yet, but like when I would have pain, I'd put my hip there. I'm like, Dr. Gary, here's my arm kinesiology. And let's see where it's coming from and getting what you've really helped um, is like getting to the root cause of things and being able to release it because for, you know, and I've seen firsthand my body, you know, is not able to heal. And we haven't worked together for a couple of years, um, but you know, as I continue to do healing, you know, I have the pain and just like this very deep seated and rooted 
things and working through it emotionally, my body finally is starting and I could have gone to physical therapy forever. And I, you know, I'm just, I love that. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing. So let's talk if you're okay about my favorite, um, one of my favorite things in the world, the neuroemotional te technique, otherwise known as NET. And I'd like to share a couple of my, you know, personal and family stories um, before we get into um, others, things that you've done. And I just feel um, that the, you know, the body and the disease and the aches and pains, nothing is random. If you sprain the left toe versus the right toe versus the right finger, there's different emotions that correlate. And when we could analyze it and take it one step further and know the root cause and being able to heal it is profound. And you shared with me, um, and I'd love you to explain something about our body being the computer and you're erasing the motion, but not the pain. Do you remember that? Yeah. Can you absolutely. share that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that mind-body medicine has been a study that really was pioneered by the Chinese emperors and doctors. And what they found is that people that had certain sicknesses and areas of pain they interviewed these people. So they had a very um, intensive assessment from checking pulse points and smelling their breath and smelling their skin and looking at the quality. But they also asked the patients, what were their reoccurring emotions? And in the process, over 3000 years, they found that certain emotions um, were associated with certain types of organ system problems. And so they, it gave us a card of how different emotions will, in a sense, clog up the electrical flows in these certain systems. And those are called meridians. They're like energy freeways through the body. And so um, Dr. Scott Walker was the one who actually pioneered the work to understand the interrelationship between the Chinese medicine philosophies and understandings of those emotions, but using applied kinesiology, he was able to bridge the two systems and, um, and be able to find out, um, is this person's back pain predominantly a structural problem or is it predominantly that's where they're holding their stress? Um, or is it a nutritional inflammatory process or is there electrical flow? What is really underneath it? But neuroemotional technique it is as recent as two years ago, um, there were studies at Thomas Jefferson Medical University that actually showed the change in brain chemistry when the person had thought of something extremely stressful, like the, they did the study on cancer survivors and they put them into a video MRI and they, on a time sequence, they said, now I want you to think about when the doctor came in the room and told you that you have cancer and they saw the stress response in the brain just light up. And so then they took these um, people and over the next four weeks, they did four hours of neuroemotional technique processing, mind body stress relief, where the emotions associated with that were able to be brought up, if you will, in the file and then deleted those things. And then after that four hours, then they went back and rechecked the video MRI and had them do the exact same thing on a time sequence. Now think about when the doctor came in the room and there was no stress response in the brain. And this inflammation in the brain is what causes so many different things to go haywire. 
And there's many, many techniques. Dr. John Sarno, Healing Low Back Pain and the Mind-Body Prescription, The Psychology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton, and even Candace Pert, Psychoneuroimmunology, knowing that the emotions play such a critical role in our health, in our immune system function, in our aging process. I mean, there is so much research on mind-body medicine now, and neuroemotional technique has been one of the, the way showers that has really helped to validate um, mind-body medicine and the effects of it. And there are many other different techniques that are out there, um, but this is the one that I've um, chose to study. And I've been, um, I took my first course in 1989, just a year after he started. And I've been doing it, you know, that's 31, 31, 32 years. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I could I could tell you story after story, but there's time for that. Yeah, of course. And now, and I know you're located in for lucky for me in Laguna Beach, California. And is it true though that you are looking to expand to being able to do neuro emotional technique virtually? Well, I'm I'm interested in, in um, determining how that could be done. Um, I'm going to talk to Dr. Walker and see if some other doctors have been able to make inroads into being able to do it. I know um, certified neuroemotional technique is usually done in the presence of a, a doctor and there are, and the patient. Um, but also there is a website called the One Foundation where you can actually find practitioners in your area there worldwide group. Uh, that's the one foundation to find a practitioner near me. That's usually probably the, the very best reproducible, um, you know, effect that we can uh, expect really good results with. And uh, even um, Gray's Anatomy did a, um, a section with neuroemotional technique being done. And so it's, it's neat to see that finally, once the scientific validation was there, it went from something unexplained um, into something uh, literally proven that it benefits in brain chemistry and the stress response that the body's holding on to. And you said the one foundation, would that be W-O-N-O-N-E? O-N-E, O-N-E, one foundation. Yep. And it, yeah. So if you could explain about exactly what is kinesiology and there are different people I know that different things they do different, like um, there's different modalities. Mm -hmm. So how do you as a practitioner do kinesiology? Well, when I first heard of kinesiology, when I was a nutritional consultant, um, I was so skeptical and I had people returning these natural supplements, supplements saying that they were allergic to them. And this Dr. Bob over there was putting it against their chest and pushing their arm down and saying, you're allergic to that and you should take it back and get your money back. So after, after three times someone saying that they were allergic, they didn't break out in hives, they didn't sneeze, Dr. Bob pushed their arm down. So I was, I came in extremely skeptical of the whole thing. And, um, it was by one of those things you talk about, you said a feather or a brick or something. I pulled a muscle playing intramural football um, at, at chiropractic college, Palmer. And um, I hobbled into the clinic and the only one that could see me was one of these people that did applied kinesiology. And I go, oh, great, one of those guys. And, but he meticulously went through and found exactly what muscle it was. And then he had me touch this acupuncture point. And when I did that, the pain, 
went way down and the muscle got strong before it hurt like crazy. And I had no strength. I touched this point. He goes, well, I said, what are you doing? And he says, well, this is the acupuncture circuit breaker for that muscle. And then he had me touch and rub these other spots and, and the muscle got better. And he did, did all this work. I got up off the table. I was 70% better. I went, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is kind of the naturopathic, um, uh, approach within the chiropractic profession is called applied kinesiology. So I went from being Saul into turning into Paul. I had my great conversion moment. And, and then I said, well, okay, well, I've got to be able to scientifically understand that. So if we, if we say that um, the nervous system is designed to respond to a stimulus, and I'll just, just demonstrate something because I'm very scientific in my approach. And sometimes people can think that these things aren't scientific, but if I do this, you see how my hand goes? Yeah. Okay. That's a, a, a specific stimulus and a specific response by the nervous system. And muscle testing is taught in all of the healing arts because it's a form of testing the neurology of a patient. So I can take a muscle here, this, C6 muscle test. This is the C5 muscle test. Um, so if you find that with acupuncture and these acupuncture points, if the muscle strength changes, when you touch a specific acupuncture point, you know the body's responding to a stimulus. So when I started to understand the neurology behind muscle testing and that we could actually get valid information, then um, it became... Uh, something that I could I could wrap my head around and understand there is a neurological basis for it. It's just I think some people can take muscle testing too far, like muscle testing for, well, what's the sex of my baby? Well, they found a 50-50 result, but 50% you're going to have a girl, 50% you're going to have a boy. So there's certain things I think you, you people can go too far. Should I marry Bill or should I marry Sam? You know, like that it's a little, people can go too far with it. Sure. And, um, and I'm trying to stay very clinical, very neurological based and, and um, you know, see the results of what we're doing. That is amazing. And I cannot wait to share my personal experiences with you and those of my son. So, um, and my son had Asperger's and ADHD and I was a neurotic New York Jewish mother that he was going off to college and how he was going to do. And I, I hate, I, I mean magic in a beautiful sense with the magic of what you work with him. Um, and he wasn't even totally, he wasn't totally aware of what was going on, but it was so profound. And I did it out of love two days he, before he went away. So I'm going to leave our guests on hold for one minute while we take a quick break and we'll be back to share that story. Okay. Okay. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. 
Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and we have Dr. Gary Arthur, a doctor of chiropractic and naturopathic medicine, certified in neuroemotional technique and applied kinesiology. Good to be here and good to know you and see what you're doing with your foundation. Uh, it's just it's just amazing to see the difference making that you are doing. Yeah, I'm kind of amazed. I kind of feel like I'm watching my life in, you know, in front of me. I'm like, where am I going next? Oh, I'm on the Orange County Behavioral Health Advisory Board. And then I get an email because I'm kind of, you know, I've been growing and developing over the past 12 years, myself, seven years since my manic episode and going from like powerful businesswoman brought down to my knees, manic episode, back to this little girl, like, who am I? What am I doing? And it's taken seven years. And my father, and I hate to say it, 99, you know, passing that it's time to step in my big girl shoes. It's time to do my soul's mission. And then I get this random text, which wasn't so random from the director of the Orange County Healthcare Agency, who says, thank you for being a leader in children's mental health. And that was my wake up call. It's like, let's go, let's do this. And here we are a um, couple of weeks later into my new shoes of having a foundation at $200,000 level that is on the way in God's time, not mine in God's speed to go to 2.3 billion. So thank you for being such an instrumental part of that and that we're not looking to make money. We're looking to heal the world and make a difference. So thank you. Okay. So um, I left everybody off with this uh, story about my son who, what an amazing human, 22 years old now, a miracle story. There'll be a whole book about it um, called Unconditional and oh, how to unconditionally love your child when it's could be really, really hard. And looking at the gifts amongst the challenges and why me and all of that. And one of my greatest concerns as a neurotic New York Jewish mom was sending him off to school. And how was he going to be okay without me under my wing, me taking care of him? And it was two days, if you remember this, Dr. Gary, it was two days before he was going off to um, school and you asked his body, repeat after me, I'm, am I okay meeting new friends and being in a large group? Reminding everybody that he has Asperger's and ADHD, um, and do you recall this, what happened? Absolutely. Okay, share. Well, um, there's a process within neuroemotional technique called anti-sabotage technique, where similar to a lie detector test, you put those electrodes on a person's skin and then you watch the meter uh, or, or the paper go by and you see if the needle moves. And um, 
well, um, what's your name? My name is Bill and the needle doesn't move. And then Bill, where were you last Friday night? Oh, I was in, at my friend Jim's house and the needle was like there's an electronic response within that person's nervous system. That means there's a stress response, meaning that person may be um, not telling the truth or maybe non, a non-congruent statement with what they view as, as true to them. So very similar to that electrical response in a, in a um, lie detector test, we can find that muscle strength can often change if a person says a statement and they cannot remain strong to that, where they were strong before the statement is said, and then they weaken. So I recall, I asked him, what is it that you would like to see happen um, for you? Or where do you see challenges for you as you're considering going off to school? And that was one of the statements that we said, I'm okay with going off to school and meeting new friends and, and interacting with people. We broke it into small little bite-sized statements. And what we found is that he weakened to some of those bite-sized statements that he really, from a mind level, wanted to be congruent with. Yes, I want to go have a good time in college. I want to do my best. I want to make new friends and engage with other people. But it brought up a stress response, much like the lie detector test. So we went underneath those statements and found out what a lot of these feelings were underneath and then brought them up, found out what they were related to using um, NET. And, um, and we also then brought the files up and deleted them and kept on going through that process until he was congruent and strong with statements that were his actual goals. And one of the things I, I mentioned, the One Foundation, but the other um, website to look to if you really want to understand the basics, there's two six-minute introductory videos. It's called netmindbody.com, netmindbody.com. And that's where the two six-minute introductory videos are, one on the history of, of mind-body medicine and NET, how it came about, and the other on the scientific validation, the scientific research that's been put into the journals that's helping to validate a lot of these techniques and their worth in mental health and uh, being okay with what is. Um, I'm taking notes here because, and I haven't done this my first time, um, but thank you, because this is amazing. So I want to, I want, um, if you can clarify for us, you said it brought up files and deleted them. Can you explain? I know what that means, but like, can you get into that a little more? Because I don't think there was a piece of paper that came out of a file and we, um, or, you know, or, or the computer and you deleted them. So if you can explain a little more about, about that. Well, um, I'll, I'll just tell you my first experience because I was a little bit open-minded as an applied kinesiologist, knowing that the mental emotional component is a very real factor um, that helps to determine where the how much stress our body's being um, involved with or affected by. So when we broke out um, and did workshops, the first emotion that showed up for me was um, they just went to my Chinese pulse points on my wrist. And the one that showed was the gallbladder uh, liver meridian point when that point was touched. I completely weakened. And so going through the different emotions that the Chinese medicine 
has shown many of the emotions have to do with um, anger, uh, resentment, frustration, depression, indecision, uh, a lot of different emotions that kind of house or affect that system. And so it was anger that was the first thing that showed up for me. And, um, and it was anger now and using NET, you can find out what it's basically about. Is it um, money, job, finances, career, places, things, that's kind of the material world, the world of love and relationships and the world of ourselves and how we view ourselves. And so in that process, it came up that it was something that I was angry about, about money. Well, I was in a situation whereby my employment at the time was being affected and it came down to something being presented much differently than how it had previously been presented. And all of a sudden now I was going to be on the losing end of that scenario. And I was upset about it, but using NET, we took it back to um, the original time when my body had a physiological response to the emotion of anger and especially anger about money. And I remembered as a five years old, he says, what were you doing at five? I go, oh, I'm in kindergarten. Well, what's going on? I go, nothing. I loved the school. I remember the last day of school, we had a big picnic and rides and cotton candy and all this stuff. And it was so much fun. And I told my mom all about it in the car when she picked me up. And I said, oh, that was so much fun. And I just have such a great time there. And she goes, well, now it's summertime. I said, what's that? She goes, well, that's where you don't go to school for three months. And I said, oh, well, um, three months. Yeah, that's right. I said, well, I can hardly wait to get back to my class. I'm uh, I, you know, looking forward to seeing my friends. Oh, honey, you're not going back to that school. Well, why not? Well, that's a private school, honey. You're going to go to public school. I said, I don't want to go to public school. I want to go to that private school. I want to go to that school. Well, honey, we can't afford it. And I remember I was angry and it was because of money. So we had to go back and clear that file of me being angry about money. And I basically held the, the acupuncture point having to do with the liver meridian and anger. And I breathed and breathed into the feeling of anger as a five-year-old. And I breathed into it and blew, blew out and breathed in and, and kept on blowing out. And I just waited until the charge of the feeling kind of dissipated, like letting air out of the balloon and, and letting it just kind of dissipate. And that's what I meant by deleting. You basically bring up a file of feelings when they first originated, like the first domino in a line of dominoes, you got to go back to there. Or I often use the analogy of a weed that's growing in a beautiful garden. What happens if you just deal with the, just the now part, that's like trying to pull a weed in it and you don't get the root. What's going to happen? Do you know? And, oh, it, no, I'm already asking. I, I don't have the answer because I'm already thinking about the next question. So here's what happens. It, the weed just grows right back because we didn't get the tip of the root. So NET has an ability to, in a sense, put water in the earth and you take that little digging root, digging, weed digging deal and I gently rock it, rock it, rock it until I get the very tip of the root out. And then that's a way to help to set your body free of a pattern so that just like the little kid that got bit by a dog when they were young, they're scared of dogs from then on. Well, the idea isn't that all, all dogs aren't going to bite you. Um, and you don't have to have this physiological response like, oh, there's a dog, you know, that it's kind of like a, a pre 
dictated response every time you see a dog and that's not necessarily valid and it wasn't valid for me to you know to get angry just because there's something going on with money so anyhow. and if i can bring it i hope not accepting my boundary but we're family so i love that you're being you know you had this anger around money at five and then what time what age did your god your father depart to heaven Mm, uh, I, I was nine. He was 39. Right. So four years later, you had the same emotion we manifested, right? Because it's that vicious cycle because you had an anger. And until we release it and have compassion, release that emotion, you had anger again. And then, so we all, I believe have, um, like kind of a negative self-fulfilling prophecy. So by releasing it and healing it, you don't have to experience anger anymore. So it's interesting that the anger, you know, happened maybe at five and then the anger happened at nine and you're probably angry at the world and your father and God and who knows what for going and then fast forward later. So, wow, profound. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And is all of your anger gone or do you still have a little? Well, I think things come up sometimes, you know, um, you know, I can think back to a construction project where, you know, someone didn't do what they said, or I paid someone for someone and they didn't provide, or I did work for someone and, and they didn't pay. I, I don't know, stuff, stuff comes up, you know, but I think the thing is, is that do I bring the entire file up because of this little thing, which could easily have me overreacting to the situation instead of being here right now, viewing this situation and then determining how am I going to respond to this situation, not all of the situations that I'm going to be, you know, really overreacting to. I don't want to be that person. Right. And what's beautiful about it is I believe that the universe is bringing it up as a gift to help you heal because the message I once received is we're all on a journey to heal and we're ignoring our mission and we're going to keep coming back to the University of Planet Earth until we heal, become enlightened, and then we could just stay on the other side. So I would ask for you um, lovingly when it happens, look at what the universe is showing you that gets to get healed because we don't have to ever be angry. You don't have to get angry again, but and we're producing on the outside what's going on the inside. So I hope I didn't overstep my boundaries. Oh, well put. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, okay. So lo and behold, back to my son, um, two days before school, he was not okay going to a new school and meeting new friends. And at the end of your session, he was, and it was magical. And it was unbelievable. And this neurotic New York Jewish mother was able to breathe and relax, right? And as I'm nervous and he's feeling it and it's just like the, oh my God, it's like when you have the child that's ADD and ADHD and I'm feeding my energy into his and he's feeding me and it's like, God help both of us, you know, Um, profound. Let's talk about, um, because my son, such a beautiful soul and his demons are gone and really a success story. And the fact that, you know, they want to send him away at 11 years old if things didn't change. And I'm like, forget college. I need to pay for what I'm not saving for college because he's never going to make it to college if this is the trajectory we're on. And I said, I'm going to do everything that I could. And that he um, wasn't even supposed to go to college, according to the psychiatrist. And not only did he go to University of Riverside, 
but he decided to apply and got accepted on his own with no coaching to UCLA and just graduated and is now living across the country by himself, 22 years old at Rutgers, getting his master's in math. And that's not America, Dr. Gary, and probably going for a PhD. And now he's like, mom, can you help me with the resume? Because somebody suggested that I should get um, a, a job interview, you know, work the summer, maybe at Goldman and Pimco. And I'm like, sure. And I know people there. It's mind boggling. It gives me chills. I want to cry. And of course, the neurotic one is like, oh, my God, but he has Asperger's and if he's going to where the cold plays, blah, 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 what's going to happen? I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to love his number crunching brain. And so thank you for being such an important part of that. It was profound. Um, let's talk about your other client. Call him or her, whatever you may, um, that we discussed before. You want to give him or her a name? Yeah, it's Christine. And she said I could tell her story. And it's one of the most heartwarming, profound stories in terms of integrative medicine and what can happen. So uh, I was referred this patient. She was 86 years old. She was in my lobby. I was washing my hands in between patients. And I noticed this woman, uh, elderly and frail, coughing, coughing, coughing. And I pulled my head out and looked. And I saw her pull her hanky away. And it was all bloody. And I said, okay, I said, hello, Christine, I'm Dr. Arthur. Um, I see you've got quite a cough. She is, yes. And um, I see that there's blood on your handkerchief. She said, yes. And rather parentally, I said, um, I think you need to get to the hospital immediately. And she squinted her eyes and stared me down. She goes, listen here, Dr. Arthur, I've been in and out of the hospital for the last two years. They've given me every damn drug they got and nothing's getting me better. And if you're not going to take me back to see if you can help me, I only came here because I heard you help people get well that weren't able to get well other places. So I'll just leave right now if you're not going to take a look at me. I went, okay, Christine, come on back. And so doing my workup and looking for why isn't this person's body healing? Why isn't this lung problem gone away? She's been on so many different drugs and meds. So using a four system approach, I said, okay, is there a structural approach? I found the nerve supply to the lungs, very tender and a vertebra rotated out of place. I took um, x-rays later on and actually saw it there. So I knew there was a structural component. Number two, I went to the acupuncture points for the lung relationship and found uh, a response there when I tested her. I go, okay, there's two out of two. Number three, I did a, a kinesiological assessment and um, suspected that she may have some bacterial overgrowth that was resistant to antibiotics and that she could even have um, a viral colony, a... Um, fungal colony that were living in her lungs and maybe one of the reasons why antibiotics hadn't helped her. And then the last one, I said, now this has been going on for two years. I said, what happened two years ago? And she started to cry. And my, well, my husband of 67 years passed away and the emotions with the lungs are grief, sadness, yearning, crying, um, and these were the emotions she had, that she had been stuck in ever since. And it started right after her husband passed away. So the next day I talked to her, I told her about her case. She goes, do you think you can help me? I said, I think I can, but I'm hesitant to take your case on. She says, why? I said, 
this is going to take a lot of work and it's going to be very comprehensive. There's going to be dietary changes or there's going to be supplements that need to be taken. There's some physical work that needs to be done. Um, and there's some emotional work that needs to be done from my perspective. And I, I think I'd rather not waste your time and money unless you're willing to give this thing a real try and follow through with my uh, recommendations. And she goes, well, how much is that going to cost? And I told her, she goes, oh, that's a lot. I said, I know. I said, this is a project. And, you know, you're going to either have to, you know, do the work and trust the process to even see if I can get you um, better or not. She goes, okay, I'm in. I'll do whatever it takes. So we meticulously traced her symptoms, how they were getting. And after 12 visits, we reassessed and found out, hey, she is getting better. So we'll go ahead and continue working and get her as good as she can. Well, eight weeks later, she was all well. And, um, and it was just great to see. But the idea was we were able to find where the interference was. What's interfering with her body getting over this and healing? And she was willing to do the work and invest in herself. She had, she felt there was enough value in her feeling good. She just didn't want to go down like this. So um, it was just really a heartwarming story and um, just a reassurance to me as a practitioner that what I've been studying for all these years can really turn someone's life around. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And I want to squeeze in a few more amazing stories. Um, especially because a lot of clients that I work with that get to hear the profound things um, with, I, I'm going to call him Steve for lack of any other name. And Steve um, was very flexible. He, um, I think he was on the spectrum. I don't remember the diagnosis or diagnoses, right? All these gifted kids with all these mental health diagnoses and his body was very flexible, but his mind wasn't. And do you remember the darkness that you were um, sharing with me and how that transformed into light? Yes. Yes. Okay. I well, it was antisocial. It was downright um, potentially damaging, not only to himself, but to uh, family members. And it was, um, it was critical because there was a deep down anger and, um, and resentment. And uh, it was a dark, dark place. And we were able to move through that to whereby he didn't have antisocial um, feelings anymore. And it didn't make sense for him to want to take his life or someone else's life. Um, Steve was able to pull out of it and kind of realize, hey, you know, my life's not so bad. And I actually um, love my parent. Oh, well, I don't like my parents sometimes, but I do recognize that they've put a lot out there for me and that they want me to do my best. And, um, and so that was um, great to see it turn from a danger point into a point of ability to engage and be a part of a family and, and be a, a healthier part of a family and, and a healthier part of society. And that is so key because you have one person, you know, um, that goes off the deep end and it could uh, have a major effect on society. And that's why we say it takes, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a universal ch uh, village, each and every one of us to raise every child. Um, and then, um, wow, <laughs> wow on that. Um, and last but not least, you have an, one of my many clients I referred to you 
whose child um, was switching schools. Is that correct? And had the issue throwing up, couldn't go to the new school. Do you remember what happened with her? Well, she had, um, she had such a traumatic event happen to her and it was actually to a family member. And, but as soon as she went to a new school, she just couldn't wrap her mind around changing a school into a new environment. And she was so buried in what had happened to her sibling that um, she, she had uncontrollable vomiting. As soon as she thought about going to school, vomit, um, and just couldn't stay in school and the pain, I mean, uh, an upper GI, they couldn't find anything wrong medically, but it was really this whole system of all these emotions, all these feelings, making, making that person sick to the point of vomiting. You know, we, we know those, those statements like this, this guy's a real pain in the neck or she's a pain in the butt and all these things. It's where we take feelings and put them into our, our soma and our body. And uh, we manifest those things. So uh, it was a really encouraging uh, process to go through where we were able to do the neuroemotional technique. And we, we did some really long visits together um, and we're able to really, you know, move through um, and let go of these things. And, and the stomach pain went away and there were a couple other components. We, we adjusted the spine for the stomach. Um, and, and I think they were just at a point where they didn't want the child to be on drugs. There wasn't any need for surgery, but something was going on. And we were just able to find the combination to the lock and open it up and let the, the child be who they really are. And do you remember what age she was? 11. And I remember, I mean, I know you went deeper into it, but I think her mother told me that it was one visit that was able to stop her from throwing up to get back to school. Is, is that correct? Yeah, there were a couple very um, integral sessions, but I do recall the, the first few sessions we were getting down to it. And I do remember on after one session um, that we worked intensively that the, the vomiting stopped after that session. Amazing. Um, okay, there, I'm sorry, there's one more story. So um, I have so many stories with me, but one of them is um, we got to a point, oh, I know this sounds out there, but you were pushing my arm and you said to me, this is a few years ago, so maybe 52, I was three years ago, and you said, when you and your mom's belly, whatever the emotion was feeling then, went back to when you were in your mom's belly and you had a twin brother. And all I know is that my mom was in heaven, so I couldn't ask her. My entire body had chills, which was like my angel got my God bumps or goosebumps confirming like, wow. And that my subconscious mind said, my brother left me. I'm not lovable. I'm all alone. And then when you have that subconscious thought, it's manifested. And when you manifest it, then you think it. And it's this vicious cycle that was with me for 52 plus years. Do you remember that? I do. And, and, you know, it's, it's what is truth to that person's psyche. Um, and it's called the vanishing twin syndrome. It's well documented in medical literature, but um, you know, it's, it's rare that that one shows up, 
but in some cases it does. And it's really the person's reality that we're dealing with. It's the person's feelings. And, and if those feelings were there and they were valid to that person, then, um, you know, it, it seemed to make a profound difference for you. What, what was amazing though, is that it, I could do talk therapy all day or take medication. I would never have remembered it being in my mom's belly and that you were able to get there and release it. And that I was able to stop manifesting those limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's neat. Um, Dr. Gary, how can people get in touch with you? Well, um, my company's name is health in balance. Um, healthinbalance.com is our website. Um, we're in downtown Laguna Beach, overlooking the Pacific Ocean in a relaxing tropical setting since 1987. And uh, it's been 34 years of serving this community. And, and it's, it's my joy and honor to just come alongside people in their quest to be their be best and uh, find out why their body isn't healing and see what we need to do to turn things around. Beautiful and promise to me and to our amazing clients that you will, you're looking into expanding your services so that they can be virtual so that you don't have to fly into Laguna Beach to see you. They could do it virtually and you could share your God-given gifts with the world. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm looking into remote healing and what the possibilities are. I, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what can be done in those realms. I know ever since this has gone on. A lot of virtual work has been done between doctors and patients. And so I'm willing to explore that more. Yeah. This being COVID, is that what you're referring to? Yes. Awesome. And um, what about social media? Are you on any social media platforms? Uh, yes. Well, Instagram, Facebook, um, it's healthinbalance.com. And uh, my name, Dr. Gary Arthur and my wife, I practice with her and Dr. Jordan Martin. So we have a good team of doctors um, that are part of our, our staff. Beautiful. Dr. Gary and all of our friends out there listening, don't ever forget, you are amazing. Thank you so much. And so are you. And I thank you for all you're doing to make a difference in this world and, and just come alongside people, come alongside families, uh, give them a future, give them a hope. And uh, that, you know, Sometimes life gives us some really challenging situations, but there's a, there's a way to, uh, to cope with it and uh, somehow, some way. Thank you for making me cry. It's the first podcast I've done where I cried. Um, awesome. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.